Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For SEN America, this is the SEN NBA Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome again to another edition of the SEN NBA Podcast. As always, I'm your host Luke Sakari, and joining me again for... It seems like it's been a while, but he's back in the um, in the co-host chair, Chris De Silva. How's things? How What's you up, man? It's good to be back. Um, I, I missed you. I missed you. I miss the studio. I miss I miss the drive-in. I miss everything. <laughs> um, so to be here on this Saturday morning, beautiful sunny Saturday morning, uh, it, it's great to be back in the chair, man. How how you been? I've you been. had you had surgery for for people who don't know. Uh, we were missing for a bit because Luke had to have his wisdoms taken out. Yeah, the wisdom teeth, the four um, back, the, the four wisdom teeth, front and back, up and ooh. bottom, bottom teeth, top teeth. It was good, man. I mean, all, all the stars getting surgery this month. You know, <laughs> Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, yeah. Luke Sakari, oh, look, everyone. T- to be honest with you, I. I didn't really have much side effects. You know, the first day after, it was in the morning. Yeah. It was in the morning. So the first day you get out, you kind of... I didn't have a headache or anything like that. It was right. more so just... But your face was swollen? Face was swollen. Yeah. You had had the, the blood just coming out of your mouth. So you're spitting out blood for a little bit, which yeah. is always fun. Yeah. But um, nah, man, after the... After the second day, like I was back at I was back at work. Yeah, you know, my face was still swollen. Yeah, but it wasn't any unbearable pain. It was just, it a, mach- just a machine. It wasn't. Back, back it, it wasn't pain or anything like that. So it was really interesting that it didn't really. I I was eating solids just four or five days after. Oh wow, I, oh, that's really good. I think um, it's a bit overrated the the wisdom teeth surgery people. <laughs> Oh, when I'm going, when I was going, my mates would like to me. They're like, "Oh, you know, it sucks. You're gonna be knocked out for a week, and this and that." Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I was surprised you got you got back in real quick. Have you had them out? Before? No, I don't think no. I have to. Yeah, I'll touch well, wood. Well, it's better than not having them out because it's just it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I my dentist said I'm good. Oh, well, then you're laughing, but no, nah, I just reacted well to him, you know. And if I if I ever do have to, though, I'll, I'll come to you for advice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, you. you you're aware that they're not there anymore. Yeah. Like, you can... It feels a bit different, but, like... You, Does it feel like your mouth's, like, empty? It feels like it's... I have less teeth, which yeah, I do. You do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I do... It feels... Yeah, not empty. I wouldn't say empty, but it feels like it's almost shorter. It's smaller. Because right. it doesn't go back the whole way anymore because there's a little teeth thing. But uh, welcome to the SEN, SEN Teeth Podcast. <laughs> I wonder... I wonder if an NBA player has ever had his wisdom teeth. I'm sure they have. That's a great question. And missed a game. That's a great question. I can't. I I can't remember. Well, didn't um, Yusuf Nurkic from the Blazers got his teeth knocked out a few? I think last week in the game. Potentially, but oh, players get their teeth knocked out. I don't think everything. he. Put, I don't think he missed a game though. I, I could be wrong. I don't think he missed a game though. Yeah, I'm just. It would be. It would be risky to play. Sport straight after, yeah, because it's still a very sensitive. Do you do you remember? Uh, this is we're talking probably 
I would say, 10 years ago. Um, Dustin Fletcher from Essendon, mm-hmm. was. they were playing in West Coast. Yeah. Um, and he went for a mark and landed... Like, he's he landed mouth first. And Ooh. his front two teeth... He still had his mouth gut on. Okay. Um, but yep. his front two teeth, just he lost him. He lost him. Um, but because he had his mouth guard on, it was just those. Like, he could have lost his whole... Oh, the mouth guard is one of the great inventions. Yeah. The mouth guard saves lives and teeth and, and faces. I mean, you saw the, the young Melbourne boy on the weekend had his two front teeth knocked out mm. at, at, at a demon's training session. So... You see a lot of NBA players now. I think most of them wear mouth guards. Oh, I think yeah. they... I think it's, Especially the post guys. Yeah, and it's it's true because you look at it, fighting for rebounds, how many times do people cop elbows? Like, all the time. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think they're very important to mouth guards. <laughs> they are. <laughs> if, very, if, any, if anyone wants a mouth guard sponsorship... <laughs> yeah, they're very... I mean, you see it all the time. I see driving around, there's a mouth guard, there's a mouth guard man in my local suburb called the Mouth Guard Man. I think that's the name of his In company. the Great Greenvale? Yeah, I think that's actually the name of the company. And that's he, it. He gets some... Shout out Greenvale. So, yeah. Instead of you going to the chemist and just getting a mouth guard and then getting it done in the boiling water at home, you can actually mould it to your mouth. He d- that's good. Yeah, so... Because I remember when... Um, so, the last time I played footy, when I, when I was in grade five, so we're talking like 15 years ago, <laughs> um, and we bought them, because they said mouth guards were necessary, so yeah, I had yeah. never worn one. So, right. we bought one from the shops, Safeway or whatever, back then, and... I put it on and I couldn't even talk. <laughs> oh, no. It's but different. now I think they're more like aerodynamic, I guess. <laughs> um, and it's just like you can talk with them on. I can talk with my... I, like when I play me um, my, my Wednesday night basketball yeah. league, the B-grade league down at Broadmeadows, I, I still wear a mouth guard because I have had worked out on my teeth to get them straightened out and all that. Mm-hmm. And you do struggle to talk in it, but you do get used to it. Yeah. Like you get like... You, you just... It's difficult to talk, and there've been a few times where, like, I'll go to scream and it just falls out because like, <laughs> I'll be running down the, I'll be running down the court and call for something. Have you ever thrown your mouth guard? Nah, that's Jeff? never thrown no? my mouth guard. Not done that nah, yet. Never thrown no. it at anyone or got frustrated. <laughs> that was. I, that... I, I I take it out every time I can. Yeah. It's a dead bore if I'm just playing defense. Like, well, don't footy players put it in their sock socks, when they yeah, go? Yeah, a lot of them put it in the socks. They go for a shot or just put it in the short, in the pocket of the shorts. <laughs> You do it. You take it out at every possible opportunity. I can't believe how long we spoke about teeth and mouth guards. Six and a half minutes. Oh into my the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Yes, um, gladly. So the, um, it's been a big, big week in basketball land. And I was, of course, last week I wrapped up the trade deadline with yeah. Carl and Gay of NBA Australia. But this week we have probably seen changes that affect the game and the playoffs more so than well, we did in the trade deadline. Yeah, well, this this week, March 1st, so March 1st was the, the timeline for which people have, if they want to join a playoff team, they have to be a free agent uh, by March 1st. So they, they can join a team after March 1st, um, like we saw with Dante Jones last year, join the yes. Cavs on the last day of the season. So, yep. But they have to be off a roster and a free agent. Um, before then, so that's why you see saw a lot of guys. Brandon Jennings from the from the Knicks, um, obviously Darren Williams and Andrew Bogut, who we'll sport, we will speak about later. Um, was there any other big buyout guys? Uh, you had Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes, yes, yes, we'll yes. speak about as well. So, yes. 
Um, we w- it would have been Jose Calderon, but then there was injuries that we'll speak about. Hey, he, well. he got $415 from the Warriors <laughs> for, pretty, for two hours. I'm pretty sure they made him a jersey as well. They did. I saw it. They had, I saw it. He was number eight. <laughs> <laughs> and he got waived. He got his marching orders sent out before he probably... That jersey's going to be in the pool room, though, in the Calderon pool hey, room. He, he was a contracted player to go to see Warriors. I wonder if he'll get a ring. That's a good... If they were a championship, does he get a ring? I wonder. Cause, we'll, we'll, well, you we'll, get to, to, we'll get to that bridge later. You have to, have to. win. You have to be on the roster. <laughs> but do you have to play a game? Or is there a certain amount of time that you you have to be on the roster? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. That would be a bizarre... Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't accept it. Because <laughs> he hasn't got one yet. No, but you couldn't yeah. accept a ring. If you're... <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't accept a ring. Oh if they God. went to you and said, look... By contract and by the NBA law book, we need to offer you a ring. Yeah. You couldn't take it. I think it comes down to... I don't think there's a law on it or anything as such. It's It's, a team decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) that would be very interesting. Yeah. The Warriors... What what do you think about that? The whole... um, Now, obviously, we know KD got hurt. Yes. Um, And I thought, when me and you spoke about it, we, we said that I think the Warriors were pretty... This is a good result for them to lose KD for only four weeks, I thought. Considering the How way it looked, and, way it looked yeah. and we know KD's past troubles with um, with knee injuries, and he seemed pretty distressed when it happened. And the and the Warriors, I mean, they lost this game but um, that they played in, in Washington, but the game was almost an afterthought after the game because I think... Oh, no one, uh, no ya- one worried about Yahoo's the Adrian Wojnarowski reported that... Um, Durant's camp thought that this was a matter of months, not weeks. Yeah, so, it could have been it potentially an entire season. Yeah, so so for for them to lose him for only... Now, they say four weeks. I don't think he's going to play the rest of the regular season because if you look at the four weeks timeline, it still leaves like the last two weeks or whatever, which it doesn't really matter anyway. Well, I think, I think it could because if... I mean, you look at the standings now, I'm pretty sure the Spurs are four games or three and a half games behind Golden State. Now, if they close that gap, yep. and let's say two weeks before the season's over, that gap between the two teams is maybe two games or right. a game and a half or whatever it is. The difference between playing the eight seed and the seven seed in the first round this year is a massive gap. That's true. So That's true. if you look at Golden State, you say, well... If Durant's ready to go and we have not locked in this number one seed, we need him back on the court because the difference between playing the Denver Nuggets compared to, say, the OKC Thunder or maybe the Memphis Grizzlies, that's a sweep versus a potentially 5-6 five, six five, six tough game. Yeah, it's, that's the which, thing. Where, which it, even if it's five, play. it's going to be five grueling games. Which takes a toll on you as the playoff goes on. Mm. So I think that gap, I mean... It's a big. Di- it doesn't make a difference in terms of winning and losing because they're going to get past the first round. But just those little things that can add up. Do you think the last? Because we saw last year. Yeah. Now they they pushed so hard for seventy three last year, literally till the last day of the year. Um, and we saw by by the end of the playoffs they were gassed. Um, so do you think they've kind of learned from that and they've they've said, hey, let's let's just take it easy in the regular season. Um, because for me, the Warriors, they're, like you said, they're strong enough to beat anyone. 
Um, so the seeding really shouldn't matter matter to them that much. Um, but I understand what you're saying about the uh, the path to the finals. Yeah. Because when we look at the finals, we so often look at those seven games just in a in a vacuum. Yeah. But the finals, like so much stuff that happens before those seven games plays a part in what happens in the finals. Like, you look at last year in the in the finals, right? Um, okay, but... Sorry, OKC should have been there. Um, but yeah, Go- yeah, Golden yeah. State and Cleveland, they had very different paths. Um, the Cavs were relatively healthy. They played, I think, only two more games than the minimum that yep, they needed yep, to. Yeah. Um, Golden State, of course, had the grueling seven-game series in the conference finals. Come uh, game five to seven in the finals, you saw which team was fresher. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say the finals aren't just about those seven games. Everything that happens towards that, every little thing, it always adds up. Yeah, no, I agree. But wouldn't that make Golden State want that number one seed more? So say... It's a different situation last year where they were going for 73. Yep. Last year, the number one seed was locked up. They yeah. were in. It was confirmed. They were the number one seed heading in. Now, if the San Antonio do close that gap in the, in the next month or so, mm-hmm. and then the last two weeks, week and a half of the regular season where the gap between those two teams is only very, very minimal, bringing Durant back isn't going to make them more tired heading into the playoffs, it could potentially set them up for an easier playoff run. Yeah. Or a less grueling. Yep. So I think, I mean, this is, again, this is only if the Spurs close the gap. Yeah. If K, if there's two weeks left in a season and they've actually extended that gap to five to six games yeah. where realistically they're going to be that number one seed. Yeah. Well, then you slowly put Duran back in as you go. You maybe starting off the bench one game. You limit his minutes leading into the playoffs. And it all depends. And let's not forget, he's getting reevaluated in four weeks. Yeah. I mean, so it's not like he'll be back in four weeks. He gets his knee checked out again, but we we expect him to be back. But you still, you never know because... You can't these, rush it. These can't knee injuries, it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a great we saw, two medial sprain. Yeah, I and, and bone, bone bruising. Bone bruising. Yeah. So, I mean, you just never know. It I, could take longer than... It could take shorter than we expected. Yeah, ESPN's Brian Windhorst always says this, and I think it's one of the... And Brian has said a lot of wise things, um, but he says there's no such thing as a minor knee surgery. He's no, and I totally agree with that. No, um, because no matter how how minor it is, once you've had work done there, it alters everything: how you move, how you jump, how you, you know, especially with a guy like Durant running off screens and stopping on a dime. All all that stuff matters, man, and. Um, just mentally for him also, knowing that he's had that surgery, um, it's, it's not going to be the same. And he could lose some of that explosiveness in that knee. I mean, yeah. not in the long term, but in terms of when he gets back immediately this season, he could lose some of that explosive nature when we see him when he drives to the rim well, off a face We up. saw Steph Curry last year. I mean... Yeah, he lost he, something. His off-the-dribble pop was not there. No. Um, like it was during the regular season, and that was just purely... Um, because he was coming off surgery. Exactly right. Yeah. And I wonder what this injury means as well for the Golden State starters, because now you look at it and it means the likes of Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green, they're all going to have an increased usage rate and they're going to be taking more shots. Yep. 
and they're going to have more of the ball in their hands. So is that a positive for them to kind of... I mean, we've seen it lately with Steph where he has taken on more of an offensive responsibility yep. compared to at the start of the season. And now you think he has to really... He has to tap into what made him so great last year in the last two years. I'm not saying he hasn't been great. It's been a sensational season. But now he has to really take over the team again like he has. Well, I think um, the one, if you can call it a silver lining of this injury, is the fact that... Because Steph, now he's shooting still. He's shooting 46% from the field and 40% from three. But they're both pretty... Almost career low numbers for him. Yeah, I mean, for um, anyone else, they're great, but for him, but for him, that's that's below his standard. So, and now he started out the season purposely trying to get KD involved, and I think kind of got out of the groove himself, and hasn't really been able to get get back. He had a great January, I think, but other than that, yeah. he hasn't had a had a really great month like we saw last year, where he was just on fire the whole year. So I think now with Golden State having to go back to him and for him having to do the kind of stuff he did last year, kind of um, almost free of reins, not to say that he has any any reins in the offense anyway, um, that might help him get back to finding some of the magic from last year. He's 7 of 41 since the All-Star break from 3 points. 3 of 31 in the last three games. Yeah. That's unheard of. The shooting struggles are definitely real. Last five games, 25.8 points, 5.8 rebounds and 5 assists. That's great, but you need need more than 25.5 points and a higher shooting percentage out of your top guy with KD out. And Clay Clay is another one who's been called. He's, I think, 10 of 42 in the last two games. Yep, and Um, you know Draymond isn't going to give you 25 points a night. It has to come out of those two. And here's the thing, like, for, for the Warriors, when your offense, so much of it is based on those career shooters shooting ridiculous numbers on on unsustainable shots for any other person. Now they yeah. they're sustainable shots for these guys because we've seen them do it for like 5 6 years. Um and when when their shots off man they they are a different team they find Oh of course that, it's, that's, that's just like how any, it is. that's like anyone if your best player isn't playing to the best of his abilities or yeah. a portion of his game is off of course it's a different so, Sometimes I think me and you spoke about this once where we were like you can analyze the game so much right but it comes down to, do your best players play to their potential? Exactly. Like, I think there's a great Doc Rivers quote, and he said, as long as you've got the best player on the on the court at one time, you've got the better chance to win. Yeah. So at the end of the day, yeah. yes, it's a team sport and all that type of stuff. There's only five players on the court. One player can make a massive difference. Massive difference, massive. yeah. It's, it's not like AFL or anything, like or NFL even, to, to that extent. Yeah, so, I mean... Now, it'll be interesting. I think it makes... It makes it because this part of the season can kind of almost be it's the dog days. It, it can be the dog March days. March Madness is coming up. March Madness NFL is there. draft is yeah. creeping. Baseball is around the corner. Yeah. The NBA can get lost here, and, but it, and you've got a lot of teams kind of jostling for draft positions as well, tanking without saying it. Yeah. Um. So I think this kind of makes it interesting again. Um. In that West, where we've seen, I think from teams now the West can. Sw- switch a lot. It can mm-hmm. change a lot from yeah. now because the teams from four to seven, so Utah to OKC, they only have about a game and a half separating them. Yeah. Um. So the difference between OKC potentially being a four seed or a seven seed yeah. is massive. It's huge. Or if Utah drops to seven, 
Imagine having to play the Jazz in the first round. Yeah, you don't, that's not a team you want to see in the first Absolutely round. Absolutely not. So, so, or the Clippers for that matter. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, I think in 2015 when we saw the Spurs go down to the seventh seed. Yes. Even though they shouldn't have been because of the divisions and all. That's, that's a discussion for another yeah, day. Yeah. Um, but it matters, Matt. It, it, it matters. And it I, really I think it really, we never want to see anyone get injured, of course, but yeah. it does give the entire season in general a little bit more intrigue. Yeah. Gone are the days where we've we said Golden State are winning the title, like it's confirmed. Like that 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 theory doesn't exist anymore. No. Because you have Cleveland getting better out out east who we'll talk about in a little bit. And they have this injury to Durant and you've got Curry struggling. It's given the season a whole new um a whole new flow of like yeah. you really don't know now. There's nothing confirmed. Can you see do you think Say Durant comes back and he's seventy percent of Durant. Do yep, you seventy percent? Yep. Do you still see them? Do you see them potentially not being able to make it out of the West? Um, I still think they make it out of the West. Yeah, but it will definitely be harder. It's definitely a tough. The Celtics path. beat them in the finals, right? The Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about the East in a little bit. But there's nothing to talk about in the East. Let's be honest. <laughs> Um, <laughs> how about you if Durant's seventy percent? It, it's it's all a matchup thing for yeah, for me, is. right? It is because you. We looked at last year with OKC. The reason they did so well was because um, they matched up so well. They found that formula um, with Durant at the four guarding Draymond Green. Um, so for any other team to do that, you have to look at kind of that similar formula only with Durant there, obviously, instead of Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Um, and you go through the list, and to me, still, man, the team that and they've been smashed by Golden State every single time. But the Clippers on paper match up well; they they do. It's just with Golden State for yeah. No, for no me, they don't. No, on, on paper, don't. on paper, they do. Yeah, but on, you've on, got it. Look on paper. What do you what do you need to beat Golden State? You need a point. You need point guard play. They got that. You need dominant big. They got that. You need a big or a wing that can match up on Draymond Green and facilitate and get his own. They've got all of that. For me, For me, the Clippers, it's all be- between the ears for them. It's all mental. All that on-paper matchups has not translated to the court at all because they don't lose to Golden State. They get destroyed by Golden State. But here's the thing. When when they play the Warriors, right, it's always it's just one like five, ten-minute stretch that's, that's all that you, destroys that's all, them. That's all it needs, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's, but that's all I, it wouldn't, needs. I wouldn't say it's their... It's not like Golden State playing Denver, for example, that they got no chance. It's just oh that, no, of course not. But it's just I think there's no Go- way. Golden State is so far in the Clippers' heads right now, so deep in their heads. Um, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that they're going to beat the Warriors. Um, we haven't seen any any proof of that since 2014. No, for a long time. Um, and we'd be remiss to not talk about the Spurs, um, who are yeah, fantastic. Um, they've we're with uh, another thing to beat the Warriors. You need a big man who's able to switch onto guards, and they've gone to Dwayne Dedman at center, and he's shown he can. He do can that. do that. Yeah, um, he's, very very I think athletic. He's, he's fourth in the league among defensive real plus minus. Yep, um, which is kind of the universal defense stat, if you will. Obviously, got Kawhi Leonard there, um, who can do a job on uh, Durant. Um, for me, their guard plays lacking. 
Um, it is. Their, their it guard is. plays. Really their guard plays what what lets them down. Yeah. Um, then you got the Rockets, who are obviously a whole different kettle of fish. Um, now with Lou Williams there, who's slotted in absolutely perfectly. <laughs> just, he's literally walked in to the joint. He just and it's just. But Mike has been there for 10 years. He's just walked in and hit a pull-up three like a yeah. <laughs> I think he had 25, 27 in points debut, in 25 minutes I off think the bench. he hit seven or eight threes in his first game yeah. in, in, a, in a Rockets uniform. I like that. I love that they know what their identity is, man. They're not trying to kid themselves that, no. that we're a good defense. And they've said it in public. They've said, we're going to... We're going to fight fire with fire. Yeah. If we're going to be Golden State, it will be at their own game. Yeah. It will be shooting three-pointers. It will be running up and down. These games are going to be 125 to 120, and well, we're going to take that chance. You know what, man? Like In preseason, so much of the talk was about, can we know the Rockets are going to be a top-five offense. Yes. Can they Can they be anything other than a top uh, bottom-ten defense? They're a top they, twelve defense. Like, They're a top twelve good. defense. That's top legit. twelve is good. That's a team that, that can is win. An above average, borderline elite defense. Yeah, if you say if you say the top five's elite, okay. So the top five teams in defensive rating are elite. Yep. They're top twelve. That is very close. That's to, very good. That's just a tier down. If you're listen, if you're as elite as they are on offense. If you can manage to be not awful on the other end, yep. you're you're a chance. Exactly right. And um. Again, it, it remains to be seen. You know they have beaten Golden State this year, um, but whether that that shooting translates to the uh, postseason is yet to be seen for yeah, me. Exactly, but, um, but for me, still to to finally answer your question, um, <laughs> I, I still it it is still the Warriors for me. I, I they're just oh, it has to be too good. Too they're, good. they're too good. The um, injury definitely makes it tougher, but it by all means does not. Suggest that they're not coming out. They're, of the they're the favorite un, until we see anything else. Until we until someone steps up to the plate and yep. proves they can beat them four out of seven times. Yep. Well, then you can't you can't bet against them. Absolutely. Now, moving on to another team that looks like they've got their conference wrapped up as well, and they've had big big roster changes over the past. The Celtics. We got no. <laughs> We're not talking about the Boston Celtics. Sorry, so Celtics fans. So about the Cleveland Cavaliers, and for those who missed it, of course. Added Deron Williams and added Andrew Bogut. Now, we'll yep. speak about their impact in just a little bit sure. and how they fit into the system. I firstly wanted to say, you have to have a massive kudos to general manager David Griffin. Yes. If you look at this yes. Cavalier team and the way it's made up with the lack of draft picks and over the luxury tax and all that type of stuff, he has gotten out of a team with literally no assets or very, very limited assets. He has gotten Kyle Korver, yep. Deron Williams, and Andrew Bogut. Now, that is an amazing slew of talent. Not not A-grade talent, but rotational pieces that you can help. You need A-grade on the bench. Yeah, no, you're no. exactly right. And to bring in those talented guys and guys of those quality for literally nothing is unbelievable. <laughs> that is a general manager not overreacting, smart, poised, knows when to, when to attack the market. That, that's an incredible... I mean, we, we saw it a few years ago when he managed to get J.R. Spiffy, Martin Chumpet, and Timothy Mozgov for very limited assets as well. Yeah, he, he this isn't a, this isn't a fluke. He knows how to get guys when he really should have no business getting them. And the the when you're looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? The easy 
the easy, lazy narrative is to say LeBron's a GM, LeBron's a boss, LeBron's an owner, all this. LeBron has does not know how to use trade exceptions, all right? LeBron doesn't know how to how to manage the cap like that. That's that's all David Griffin. Um, David Griffin is well and truly the one that makes the decisions in, in this franchise. Um, if you follow the team closely, you can see that. Exactly right. Um, and what he's done, I think... You know what I told you early in the week, right? If you give Griff, uh, if you give Griff a school bus at yeah. the start of the week, he's going to end the week in a Ferrari. Yes, and that's it's what a he, good analogy. That, Very th- good analogy. That's what he's done, man. Like yeah. this. When you look at the team, when you look at the Cavs season, right? Take a step back, look at their season, and they expected when when they let Matt, Matthew Dellavedova go to Milwaukee, um, they expected Mo Williams to take that role, yeah. and he said he would, mm-hmm. and then on the eve of the regular season, literally beginning, um, with no time to do anything else, Mo Williams decides, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna go rogue and get my own surgery done." Yeah, it was and a very bizarre. Which it was a bizarre situation that we still really have no answers for. Bi- like, I, <laughs> I literally don't know what's happening. I don't know if Mo Williams <laughs> even got his ring. He wasn't at the ring ceremony, right? Is so he still on the roster? <laughs> no, they traded him. They traded they, they him. They did too, but... They traded him. So I think he's been waived now. He, he's retired. He's, he's done. He's done. Um, so now you come into the season, right, and you got you got a rookie um, who is not a first-round pick or top-five pick. He's a 54th pick, a five foot seven 54th pick. Yeah. Okay? Um, he might be listed at 5'9", but he's not 5'9". <laughs> um, you got DeAndre Liggins, who's a D-League player. Jordan McRae, who's a D-League player. These are your options. Exactly. Um, then, so they're already thin, right? Um, and your bench is full of 35, 36-year-olds. Um, you don't know if Richard Jefferson can do what he did last year. Um, he was so burnt out after the finals that he retired. <laughs> he retired and yeah. retired, yep. <laughs> um, James Jones, who's effectively an assistant coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, who still, when he comes in the game, does not miss a shot. Miss, Unbelievable. Mr. Profe- professional James it's Jones. Just forever ready. Yeah. Um, and you've got a 38-year-old Chris Anderson Birdman. Does his ACL. Does his ACL. So that's another another man out. Yep. Mo Williams was still on the roster. Yep. That's another man out. Yep. Then you lose J.R. Smith. Yep. Still yet to return. It's another man out. Yep. Okay. So, and that's in December. And that's after JR. Did he miss the start of the season? No, he he resigned just before. Yeah, yes, he did. So re-sign. he was there for the ring ceremony. He, yeah, was. he was. He was. But he didn't have a preseason. So effectively, yep. that first month or so before he got injured was his preseason. So, if you're the general manager now, you're thinking the worst thing for David Griffin to do would have been to make a panic move, you know, trade Iman Shumpert, trade Kevin Love. Get Carmelo Anthony. That was we heard so much speculation about that, and and you know reports from Frank Isola that LeBron's pushing for Carmelo Anthony or something like that. You can imagine the immense amount of pressure that this guy had would have been under, and he he wrote he had a plan all along. Just get to the buyout. Just get to the buyout deadline. Yeah, yeah. guys will become available. Um, not necessarily did you know it was Darren Williams, um, but you knew someone would, someone's always available. We saw last year it was Joe Johnson, um, yeah. who opted to sign with the Heat, of course. 
Um, but he didn't expend assets um, other than to get Kyle Korver, which was a move that they got better in. Yeah, and even the Korver move, he didn't give up a lot. You can maybe argue... Mike Dunleavy. Yeah, and and, and, that, and that draft pick, you might argue, or give away a... a, a I'm pretty sure it was a first-round pick yeah. for a guy in his mid-30s, but you got to understand, teams are in different situations. You can never... That, that 28th, that would have been the 28th, 20, 27th pick. Yeah, right? yeah. You can never, you can never grade trades just on, on the surface. You have yeah. to look deeper and say, where does this trade leave this team now and in five years' time? Yeah. What, what, in five years' time, will we look back in this and say, is it a good or bad move? It's, every team is in a different situation and they're making moves for different reasons. Not every team makes a trade to get better necessarily. Yeah. A team can make... We get so caught up in teams having to make the playoffs now or having to win now. Mm. You'd much rather see a team miss the playoffs in order of building a team to be in the playoffs for, a, the next a, fi- for the next five yeah, or six yeah. years. It's all about building sustainability. Exactly right. Um, and I think the best trait for me, for David Griffin, and this is probably a personality trait, is he's not affected by outside noise. noise. No. Um, we see... We see GMs such as you know Mark Cuban, who's who who's he's not a GM, he's an owner Fair actually. Enough, yep. um, but you know, has a major say in that organization. Ma- major say, um, and he can be affected by outside noise. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kings, Vlade Divac, yes, same thing. David Griffin, he's constantly shown when he fired David Blatt, that was, he knew he didn't care. He made the right decision um, for the franchise, and he did so again. Um, so now you look at the Cavs. Now they've rode with a rotation of about eight, nine guys, a playoff rotation for for the entire season. The entire season. <laughs> so now, more or less, um, hence why LeBron's minutes have been where they are, um, because he's had to be like otherwise they're just going to lose. Um, and we talk about the now people are saying what will just lose, just be fifth or whatever. Nah. Um, but we spoke about the the path to the finals, man. Yeah. Like when you're the one seed, it's just easier. Why just make it harder? Why yourself? make it harder when you don't have to? Yeah, and and, and then the, let's, nothing is guaranteed. There's no guaranteed success. Absolutely. What 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 if you take that philosophy, saying, "Oh, we'll just settle for the five seed." Yeah. And then LeBron gets injured, is out for the season. You're screwed. Yeah. You're cooked. There's no guaranteed success. Absolutely. You can never Absolutely. ever ever take Absolutely. it for granted. Absolutely. Never. So. I think what he's done has been masterful because um, now they've got that they've plugged all their holes for me. Yeah. Um, their two biggest needs for me was the backup point guard and the added big in case um, Tristan Thompson got hurt, which he never does, but touch wood. Um, because if you look at the Cavs after Birdman got injured, they had Channing Fry essentially playing the backup for two roles. Yep. For backup for Kevin Love and the backup for uh, Double T. So now you got Bogut there. And what Bogut gives the Cavs is an ability to... They can match up with any team now. They can match up. If a team wants to go small, they've got Tristan Thompson there. Um, they can play LeBron at the four, have a team with all shooters. They can play LeBron at center, which they did against yeah. the Celtics. <laughs> Um, which was amazing. Um, or for for those teams in the bigger Eastern Conference, who te- East teams tend to have bigger bigger bodied centers, um, you can chuck in Andrew Bogut there. And yep. 
we mentioned the defensive real plus minus. Andrew Bogut ranks third in that. Yep. Um, behind in, in a season where he's barely played a lot because yeah. of injuries. Behind played, Rudy Gobert. He's played 26 games. He's third behind Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green. Yeah. He led the NBA in defensive real plus minus last season and he's been ranked in the top five each of the last three seasons. And, and So pe- it's been the sustained defensive yeah, success. Yeah, and, and listen, people want to talk about his offense. He's, he's not on this team for no. offense. Um, he's there to protect the paint. And what what having a good rim protector does is it allows the perimeter defenders like Kyrie Irving, Iman Shumpert to be more aggressive. And they can, when you got a guard like Isaiah Thomas, for example, now they can be more aggressive on their hedges because they know they got this guy who's anchoring the D. Yep, behind um, them. And Tristan Thompson's done an excellent job at that, but 6'9 is 6'9. At some point, 6'9 is 6'9, right? Yeah. Bogut's a legit 7-foot. Um, and another thing we always talk about, we spoke about the path to the finals, right? Tristan Thompson, his best need for the Cavaliers is to play against the Warriors, right? Yes. He needs to be at his freshest because for that Because there, there is no series. guarantee... That Bogut will be able to play against Golden State. He might not play he a minute. Might be a, he yeah, might not play a just, minute. It's sort of the same thing with Mozgov. Yeah. He might not play Those a minute. Those big centers, slow centers aren't suited to play against yeah. Golden which is fine. Which is fine. Horses for courses. Yeah. So, but what you need is Tristan Thompson to be at his freshest at his and at his best. Exactly. Now, if Tristan Thompson is consistently banging for 40 minutes a night against Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside if the Heat make it, Dwight Howard's in the East now. Um, with the Hawks, Robin Lopez, those sort of guys, Valanciunas, yeah, um, Gortat. You can go every this team. Goes on. They've got big seven-foot centers. If Tristan Thompson's having to play forty minutes a night against these guys, he's going to be burnt out in the finals, man. What Burgett gives them is now, hey, Dwight Howard's out there. Chuck Burgett in for twelve, yep. ten, twelve minutes. Yeah, those add up. Those. Come the finals, come game five, six, and seven in the finals, that's, that'll allow Tristan Thompson to be much more effective when he's switched out onto a Steph Curry. And another thing with Bogut as well, the impact he makes defensively is massive. Now, we look at it this season's example, okay? Well, you mentioned yep. there is third in defensive real plus minus. Yep. He's played just 26 games, playing on a Dallas Mavericks team that had greatly underachieved, right? But when he was on the floor in Dallas... Mm-hmm. They allowed 10 fewer points per 100 possessions than their regular rate. Wow. So the yeah. defensive rating with Bogan on the floor was 97.4, which would be the best in the league by a mile. And they're legitimate numbers. Like it's not, no, yeah. not a small sample size No, it's or not. I mean, Grant, he didn't play 26 games, but still, that, that's a fair That's sample. a quarter of the season. It, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. So this is a guy that, you know, he's not going to give you anything offensively. You mentioned it before. He has more turnovers than he has made field goals this season. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, but at the same time, every player goes, he's a rotational piece going in for a reason. That's to provide that defense. Cleveland, since LeBron came back, have never had this enforcer. Remember a few years ago, they had this big talk, we need an enforcer <laughs> on the team. We need a Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, Ken- we miss Kendrick. There's never a need to get a Kendrick Perkins on your team. Oh, you never God. need Kendrick Perkins on your team. But... Andrew Bogut will give you something. He gives you that enforcer, but he actually can complement it and couple yeah. it with actual effective minutes on the court in the big moments. And he's a and he's a one of the best screeners in the league. Yeah. Um. So now you imagine with 
since Kyle Corver came into the four with the Cavs, um, they've started to run a lot more motion sets, mm-hmm. um, which Taylor are tailor made for Corver. That's what he does best. Um, now imagine him coming off a bogus screen opposed to a Channing Fry screen. Um, that that's that's a difference maker. And it also gives Ty Lue some flexibility. You mentioned there now they can play different lineups. Imagine an, imagine an all-defensive frontcourt of Bogut, Thompson, and James. That yeah. is an elite defensive frontcourt. That is so many different defensive facets. Yeah. If if yeah, listen, like court. if we we saw in the Celtics game, right? The Cavs lost that not because Darren Williams missed a shot. It was because they couldn't get a defensive stop oh, down stretch. They were getting um, open looks everywhere to Celtics, yeah. all over the place. Now suddenly, if you've got a guy like Bogut in there and you need a stop, you can chuck him in there. He's yep. going to rebound. He's going to protect the paint. Um, allow your, like I said, your perimeter guys to be a little bit more aggressive, um, which will help him in the long run. Exactly right. Now let's move on to Dion Williams. This is a guy that, this is the other need that had to fill was the backup point guard. We mentioned all the troubles they had earlier. Now this is a guy who, again, he's a, who has had injury problems. Yep. You know, he, he's, he's on the wrong side of 30 years old. So he's not a long-term prospect. But again, he's a guy that's going to provide what you need. Now, when you look at the RPM, the real plus minus to get in the point guards, he's yeah. 24th among all point guards. So he's better than some starters. Let's do a direct comparison to Matthew Dallavadova, yeah, who is the guy who's, who he, who Daron is, he's practically replacing him from last yeah. season. It's yeah. the exact same role. Dallavadova ranks 58th among all point guards this in, season. Yeah. yeah, in that category. Yep. D. Will is 24th. Now, yeah. that is a massive difference. He look, can still play. He like, can. He's not, he's not his all-star level, and he doesn't need to be. No. He doesn't need to be. Um, what he brings is he's got tons of big game experience. He's played in two, two or three Olympics, I think only two. Um, played in a lot of big playoff games, Western Conference games with the Jazz, where he was the man. So if you need, say in the NBA Finals, right, you, you need 10, 10, 15 minutes out of him, you can throw him in there and know that he's not going to be overawed by the by the situation and by the moment. Yeah, and look, you, you look, look on the offensive. He's not going to give you much defensively, so he's going to be a bit of a um, uh, a, a negative on that end defensively. He's not yeah. going to give you much yep. at all. But this is a guy Cleveland have never had a backup point guard that can create his own shot. Oh. So he's a guy he you can give him the ball when James is off and when Irving is off and. D Will can still in the pick and roll. He's still an elite playmaker out of the pick and roll. Yeah, out of the pick and roll. Excuse me. He can pass the ball very well. He's got great vision, great passing ability. Understands the angles when he's coming off those screens. The, to, he's re- really good pocket passer. Yeah, really understands the angles and and which decision to make. You know, there's always multiple decisions you can make on the basketball court, but some guys make the best decision. Yeah, and the best decision for the right time. And he's one of those guys. Um, he he. He shoots the three-pointer at a good enough clip yeah. to be a spot-up option where the defense can't leave him wide open. Yeah, um, I, I think he's at, he's at about thirty-five percent, so it's about which just, is okay. It's league, just that league, league average. average. Yeah, but I mean, you you've seen what playing in Cleveland system has done for the three-pointer percentage of a Derek Williams. <laughs> yeah, so, and he Derek Williams is another guy that we, we didn't haven't even, even mentioned about. Yeah. as former number two pick that they brought in with no assets. Another yeah. guy that they've brought in. Another credit to David Griffin. So you look at Darren Williams, and he gives... Look, he's not going to make Cleveland sensationally better. Yeah. But he gives them but he, something... he plugs a hole. Plugs a hole and gives them something they haven't had. 
with in in the playoffs, right? As rotation shorten and stuff like that, the less minutes that you give bad players, the, the better, better it is, right? <laughs> It's a simple formula for it's success. It's very simple, right? This is it's a simple game, you know, we we um overcomplicate it so much. The Cavs now have the ability to literally not have a bad player play one single minute. Yes. And that matters. That that's huge. Exactly. Um, you, you never have a liability on the floor. No. You you never do and if you mention a guy like Darren Williams who yeah, is isn't a great defender. You pair him with a defensive big, such as a Tristan or a Bogut. Um, you pair him with a defensive guard, like a Shumpert, hasn't granted, hasn't played great defense this season. No. Um, no. But you can do that. And another thing with Darren Williams, because of his ball handling, um, when he's playing with LeBron James, he can LeBron James off the ball as a cutter is still arguably the most dangerous cutter in the league. Um, yeah. And obviously when James has the ball, he can't do that. Yeah. Um, so now when you got James coming off screens at 100 miles an hour yeah. <laughs> um, and he's going to get a pass on time, um, on target, that, that's a dangerous proposition for those bench units. Yeah. Now we are running out of time, but one last thing. I want to finish just for a couple of minutes at the end here. Yeah. Joel Embiid's out for the season, unfortunately. Oh, it's, man. It's heartbreaking. It, it is heartbreaking news to see a guy that talented again be decimated let's, by injuries. Let's, let's pour out a glass of wine. For yeah, Joker. after we've seen how good he can be. But the yeah. question I want to pose to you: he, So he wraps up the season with thirty-one games under his belt. Do you think that's a tank job? Um, Cause I, I, I think if they, it's if, probably being. I wouldn't say it's a tank job, but it is being a, if, bit, a if, bit more cautious. If they were say a game out of the eight seat, I think he comes back if he's ready. I think he, I think he's able to play this season. This is just him, like Jojo. There's no point in you playing. Just shut it down. Improve our draft position. It could be, and that's fine. But the question I wanted to pose to you yep. is: Does he still win Rookie of the Year? Playing uh, thirty-one hard to man with thirty-one games. Yeah, but look at the other guys: Dario Saric, mm. Malcolm Brogdon is another guy in contact. These are the Been very impressive. Malcolm Brogdon, Marquise Curious, y- Yogi Ferrell. Yeah, <laughs> he's just one Rookie of the Month. So. <laughs> There's no one else. It's a sad rookie class. <laughs> the two best rookies this season, Jarrell Embiid and Dario Saric, came out of the 2014 draft class. Wow. It's, I'm pretty <laughs> sure... I saw a stat the other day, I think, in terms of win shares, the yep. top eight rookies of this year's class, none of them are first-rounders for Jeez. win shares. So, <laughs> I mean, look, the draft you can never judge a draft class after one no, season. But I think but the earlier returns have not been especially positive. following how good last year's was. Yeah. Um last year we had a great draft class. Um this year just hasn't flat out hasn't been as good It man. hasn't been there. Um, and it starts from the top where number one pick hasn't played. Exactly right. Um so, exactly. so you gotta take it for great assault as well. So what do you think? He's gonna win it? Um He's so far and away so ahead. Would you rather give it to someone who has shown legitimately all-star elite signs in 31 games, or would you rather give it to someone who showed 75 games of just Middle average? And I'm giving it to the all-star, man. So am I. I'm giving it to the all-star. So am I. I'm, I want MB to get it. I just think the award, whoever decides these awards, they don't think like us. And for The media votes. The media. I yes. don't think they think like us. They overvalue playing 82 games Far too much. Yeah, it's in, yeah, that's interesting. Because they, they, it's not they, necessarily the amount of games played, it's the impact you make exactly. in those games that you play. Um, 
And to say, um, you know, you can't give it to him after 31 games, I think this team is a, don't quote me on this, uh, this, this is not an exact stat, but they've got a, I think they're about a minus, minus 10 net rating with Embiid off the floor. Okay. Yep. When he's on the floor, they're a plus three. That's a massive that's a difference. difference. Um, that's an all-star level impact. That's the difference between a playoff um, team and a, and a bottom two team. You got to give it to him, man. Yep, you, you got to give it to him. That's all we've got time for this week. We do, Chris. Where can we find your stuff? Um, so on Twitter at C the Silver Twenty Three, uh, just dropped a piece about about the Cavs and and the bench, like we spoke about. Very nice, yes. Um, so you can go there and read that. So I'm sixteen wins a ring. Yep. Um, actually planning a piece on just what we just talked about, the Rookie of the Year race. Oh, nice. Um, yep. And who, who gets it. And a bit of a long-term project, if I can tease it. Oh, yes. Um, we love a bit of a tease. Uh, <laughs> do you? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't sound good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's still early in the we're, morning. We're, yeah. <laughs> With with the playoffs approaching, right? Yes, very close. I want to talk about the teams who are kind of getting overlooked. Um, bit of a sleepers. Bit bit of a sleepers, kind of a a, a film stu- film room study okay, of, yes. of of certain teams. So the first team uh, I'm looking at, if you can call them un- underrated, because they're the two seed. Um, but the Spurs, um, no one ever talks about no them. We don't, yep. we don't know why they're so good. Um, so <laughs> they just start. We, just, we don't know good. why. <laughs> we have no idea. Um, but no, nah, so I'm going to take a bit of a look at the Spurs, spe- spend the one, two weeks, um, and I'm hoping to do this time permitting for, for a few other teams um, throughout both conferences. So we'll Ooh. we'll see how it goes. Yes. Um, it's uh, something that I've, um, I haven't done before, so... Uh, I'm eager to have a look at um, kind of learning the nuances of other teams, very basically. Ni- um, oh, very nice. So there's a lot to look forward to. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Sakari as always. And we will see you next time on the SEN NBA podcast. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.